live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. It is Tuesday, and so that's the night for the professional experts. I want to get everybody in here. Tim is running a little bit late, and my co-host, Duck Riley, is um, seeing a foot specialist, so he's playing hurt tonight, and we are going to have a great show in his honor. Let me welcome in everybody. Welcome in, Jay Hayes. Welcome to the show, sir. Hi, Princess. How are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you for being on. I appreciate that. All right. Welcome in, Will Lewis. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I hope you're doing the same. Doing the same. Doing the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Ricky Porter, welcome to the show. Hey, Princess. How you doing? What's up, Will? What's up, Jay? (laughs) Ricky. Pretty Ricky. I'm going to stay away from the joke tonight because I don't – well, I, I have Jay Hayes, though. He'll go, oh, Lord, or Lord have mercy. So <laughs> I still have some backup. But, gentlemen, yep. I want to start off not talking about college well, you know, football, but I want to start talking about Shakira Richardson and your thoughts about her, you know, refocusing and getting back to the point where now she is uh, – um, the gold medal winner in the 100 meters. Will Lewis, did you follow this? Did you happen to see it on, on social media? Yesterday around 3.30, um, she came in number one. Your thoughts about how she's turned this around? Yep, I didn't uh, see that particular um, uh, episode, but, um, I mean, certainly it was easy to follow her since the uh, last Olympic trials, and you certainly felt for her and the way things uh, had gone. and. Um, now it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing to to see her kind of get refocused and uh, and, and come back and, and hopefully finish strong and do what she's got to do over in Paris in in, in 24. Um, but you're yeah you're definitely disappointed at the way things uh, transpired uh, in the Olympic trials and you certainly would have liked to have seen her there. But it does sound like mm-hmm. uh, she's focused and she's ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. Coach Jay Hayes, you know, she said it herself, and I'm glad she did. She said, I got quiet and stayed out of the media and refocused on what I knew that I can control, and that's my talent and hard work. Your thoughts about this, and now she is a gold medal winner in the 100 meters for for females. Um, Yeah, a lot of times uh, with the way things are nowadays, all athletes, you know, football players, basketball players, track athletes, um, get so wrapped up in what's going on around them. Um, she was able to, you know, quiet the noise and, and get to a place where she just worked on her training, worked on the important things, and she put, you know, track first and probably, you know, her God and and just was able to uh, focus on the things that she thought were important. And uh, it was evident that, you know, she has great talent. Um, it was unfortunate that she 
um, had the hiccup that she had, and she's not the first, nor will she be the last. Yeah. But I hope that um, as it goes forward, like Will said, you know, when it comes to the trials and the Olympics coming up, uh, she'll be ready to go and, and not have any hiccups uh, in her way and just be, uh, you know, the this person and the athlete that uh, she's able to be. Yeah. And, and and that's important is that she's um, learned something and refocused and gotten to the point where now she's on um, on top for sure. Ricky Porter, bring this on home for us. Your thoughts about Shakira Richardson and being able to not make, you know, um, um, the Olympics and, and we know what happened and to come back to this point where she's now number one in the world. Well, Princess, you have to love it. Um, you know, you, uh, you know, I'm sure that myself and the other two guys on the panel and yourself, you, you love when an athlete can fight back from adversity and things are going because we, we do deal with a lot. Some of it is self-inflicted. Some, some of it's not. And things you have to fight back from. But to see her do what she did and to come back and, and, and I mean, to look the way she did, you just, you have to, and um, sometimes you have to have that intestinal fortitude just to, you know, it's time to put things away. It's a little different than when we played and stuff like that. It's so much now uh, with uh, social media and all the different things that you can get caught up in. Now, we had the same things. We had a lot of stuff, too. But I think you said it. The most important thing is focus. Somebody either got hold of her or she just made a point to say it's time for me Um you know, our window of opportunity is so small when you when I'm talking about athletes. And it's not like she can just waste years away. And I'm glad either she pulled her own coattail or somebody pulled her coattail and said, Okay, let's let's get this together and I'm so proud of her, I'm happy for her. She looked great and I'm just hoping and, and wishing for the best things for her. Yeah, you know, and that's just it. I um I I, I think when this all happened, I questioned her maturity, and, and I think that was wrong because we all handle death in a, in a lot of different ways, and she was dealing with that, um, and she was dealing with that with her mom and living with her grandmother. So who who's to say how you handle that? But to see um, this rebirth, you know, in, in doing it a better way um, and, and getting to this point, congratulations to Carrie Richardson. A lot of um, uh, good things coming out of the world. Um, track and field championships in Budapest, Hungary. So congratulations to her for sure. Um, I want to go ahead and turn our attention to um, college football. And and I wanted to talk about something that maybe wasn't on your list, and that is um, Urban Meyer. And I I have my, my problems with Urban Meyer, but he came out and said today that he treated his superstars like superstars, and he treated the rest of the SHIT like SHIT. And I'm still grasping to what that means. Now I saw it. The superstars got the East Steak and Shrimp. You know, I was on campus, and if you didn't perform well, you got hot dogs and hamburgers. But from Coach Jay Hayes, your thoughts about this? And um, and I and I really think that at this point, maybe Urban Meyer needs to stay quiet himself, considering his track record at the end. But what was he really saying here? Can you interpret this a little bit better for me, Coach Jay Hayes? Um, maybe, um, you know, 
Urban worked for Lou Holtz, and so did I. Um, so I I know how he was trained. Um, okay. You know, um, we had a lot of situations when I was at Notre Dame um, where guys that were supposed superstars would do things. Uh, one comes to mind. We were playing USC in L.A. for the number one versus number two. And um, two of our outstanding players, uh, Ricky Waters and uh, Tony Brooks, were late um, first for a uh, Thanksgiving dinner uh, before we left town in South Bend. And then uh, they went to the mall Friday night, um, you know, in Laguna Beach or wherever the heck we were. And uh, we're late getting back to the hotel. And uh, so uh, the players um, wanted to have a vote, you know. And we had we were undefeated at the time. Uh, ranked number one in the country had been ranked number one in the country since about the fourth game of the year. And um, the older players who had been there four and five years um, and been through a lot, you know, with Coach Faust and all of that and, and come up through three years of Lou's uh, harsh treatment, we're like, hey, send send them home, you know. And uh, Coach Holtz was not in favor of it, to be honest with you. Um, he was going to let those guys go. But we had such a strong senior class, uh, the likes of Frank Stam, uh, Wesley Pritchett, um, you know, Courtney Southall, uh, to name a few, uh, um, Anthony Johnson, and uh, they they were like, "Hey, send those guys home. We we have good enough players." And we had a we had a tailback by the name of Mark Green, who uh, ended up rushing for about 125 yards that game. And um, you know, we were just talented enough and had enough people in the stable that uh, we were able to overcome uh, those prima donnas. Um, as I can see with uh, Urban's, the way he ran his teams in Florida and Ohio State and all those things, uh, you know, he, he kind of let the inmates run the asylum. Um, that's kind of how he was, I think, and how he is. Um, he, he's all for you as long as you're doing what he wants. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're if you're screwing up, he'll be the first one to stab you in the back. So um, you know that's that's kind of my my view on him. Um, I, I don't don't he he has shown his character, and um, you know it, everybody knows it. So uh, him him talking about this is a lot of hot air to me. Yeah, I, I think more than anything, he's trying to keep himself relevant and maybe try, you know, I, I know this new Netflix is out, Swamp Kings. Um, welcome in my other co-host, Tim Moore. How are you, sir? Glad to be with you, Princess. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'll come to you, um, Will Lewis, and then Ricky Porter and Tim Last on this. And, and, and we'll, you know, Urban Meyer, we were talking about it in the thread. Um, it's all over social media, you know, I treat my superstars like superstars. Your, your thoughts about this? I think at this point, Urban Meyer has maybe earned his right to be quiet and to maybe <laughs> stay out of the limelight <laughs> a little bit. But what do I know? <laughs> Will Lewis, your, your, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I think that was a a good segue from your the first question about the uh, uh, lady track athlete learning to um, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just being yeah. quiet, and and I think sometimes you're right. Sometimes people need to seize that uh, opportunity to to do to do just that. Um, you know, and and again, we are considering the source, uh, and and right now it's probably not a uh, probably not really. Uh, People aren't really open to to hearing a lot from him. But that being said, um, you know, there was that old adage uh, back in the day, and it may still exist right now, is that um, sometimes coaches, you know, uh, treat uh, their players fairly, but don't misunderstand that fairly doesn't mean equal. Uh, You know what I mean? So if I've got an impact player um, and he does something wrong, I may not treat him the same way I treat a guy who's my fourth team player, you know, playing that same position. Uh, again, it's not necessarily something that uh, you know everybody lives by, but it's something that does exist. Um, so you kind of have to understand um, that when somebody does something wrong, uh, one way of looking at it is, uh, yes, I, I have no problem with punishing the player, but I'm not going to punish the team. Um, so sometimes the guy who's more of an elite player um, – you know, gets a little bit of a uh, gets a little bit of a break more so than the guy who's the uh, the backup player and not nearly as relevant. Not to, again, not necessarily saying that's the equal thing to do, um, but it's uh, something I think that exists in sports in general. Yeah, um, Ricky Porter, there was a little bit of hazing going on in that locker room too. You know, and, and I remember it, and maybe I looked past it because that was a successful two- or three-year run there with with Joe Hayden and the Pouncey Twins and Aaron Hernandez, who was known as Chico, <laughs> um, on campus. And we didn't even mention the rest, you know, there with, with Chris Leak and, and Tim Tebow. But um, Urban Meyer, you know, the, the rookie, the freshman, d- did not get to be in the locker room, the nice amenities. They had to go in another, one of the old parts of it, and then you had to work your way up. But, Ricky Porter, your thoughts about Urban Meyer and where he is now, and him then coming out with this. You know, this is a this is a tough question for for coaches and things like that. Um, I think you have to find a way to be fair but equal. Yes, it does go on. You know, uh, matter of fact, you know, but I think it's where it happens. People used to ask, you know, when I was coaching, they'd say, "Well, you know." If, some, if a player were to say, well, you treat me differently than you do him, and I said, you're absolutely right. But this was in another light. Uh, you know, I think that's the, the art of a coach. Uh, you, you may have 20-some players, you may have 50-some players, whatever sport it is, and, yes, you do treat your players differently, but it, it depends on the category you're talking about. And when I mean treat them differently, if I know that – um, the best, the way to get the best out of Jay Hayes is for me to go up and put my hand around him 
and we go for a walk and let him know, I need you, man. Some players know what, as a coach, you got to know what turns the key for your player. Jay might be that player. I got to walk with him and tell him, man, do you know how much we need you here? And encourage him, and I get the best out of Jay. But Will could be this kid that Will comes from another kind of focus where I got to kick Jay in the butt. I mean, excuse me, Will in the butt and say, you know, look, man, and did that's what motivates him. So I think the the art of a good coach is knowing your players and how you have to coach them differently to get the best out of them. But when it comes to some things like this, I think it's um, – is it fair? No, I don't think it's fair. And I don't think that when it comes down to things like meals and things like this, these are all collegiate athletes. Um, giving one steak and then giving one peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. No, I don't think it's fair. That's just me personally. I think, uh, you know, things on the field that you do differently, but when it comes to their health, their nutrition, doing them, uh, making them the best player that they can be, because if you're, you're eating better and doing better and your weight, you know, your workouts uh, are instructed by the the strength coach and you just tell you y'all go in the East gym, these guys and y'all just go over there and work out on your own. I think you, you're hurting the team. And when you go to a player and you, you punish a player like that, what you're really doing, and sometimes you can overcome it because you have such a, you know, so much talent on your team. But I, I think when you do that, are you, when you sit down a star athlete or anything like that, um, you're hurting the team. And I think ultimately, I think there's other ways to punish the players than to do it like that where you you hurt the players. I had an incident like that in college too. You know, uh, we went out, uh, it was the night before the game, we weren't doing anything. We went out, we weren't out before, uh, after curfew. And it was me and another guy, another running back. And he sat at the bar and we, would, we just had something to eat, but he decided to have a few beers. I, I didn't mess around. I didn't drink anything like that. I just, you know, had a meal. And come to find out that uh, somebody was in the in the restaurant, bar, whatever, you know, whatever it was, and went back and snitched and told you, you know, a couple of your players were out at a, at a bar. They, you know, wasn't past curfew. But I always wondered about this. The guy was a backup. The other guy was a backup player. And I was a starter. And I don't know what the coach would have done if I would have had a beer, but it, it worked out in his favor because he was able to say, well, we're going to suspend you because you had a few beers and um, you didn't miss curfew and Ricky didn't get any punishment. I didn't get any punishment. But you, you got to, you know, I think it helped the coach to make that decision at that time. But a lot of times it, it's not that plain. What would he have done? Uh, if I had have had a beer, would he have sat me that yeah. game? I don't know. And that just comes yeah. down to coaches and what they're going to do. But uh, as far as when it comes to meals and things like that and, and treating and saying, I can understand a little bit of you got to earn your right, but um, I'm not for that 100% of, you know, treating players differently in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. Tim, I'm, I'm coming to you. It was in the thread. You know, I, I placed it there. And I I like what Coach Hayes had to say in that we've seen Urban Meyer's character, and I think he now is just operating from a position of arrogance 
at best. Not saying that he didn't have the formula to win at Utah, Florida, Ohio State, but what he did with the Jaguars, I would assume that he would stay out of certain areas, um, but maybe I'm just wrong. Your thoughts about this, because I can see all of this. Um, so in some Pat Fitzgerald in him when he was at Florida. Wow. Um, you know, it's interesting that you, you have some familiarity with him from when he coached at Florida. Coach Hayes has some familiarity with him, um, you know, from, from being a fellow colleague in college college coaching. And at Notre and Dame, who, yeah. And at, yeah, and at Notre Dame. Um, it's interesting. One of the guys that I went to college with was his landlord when he was a, a grad assistant at Ohio State. And um, he he and his wife and another one of the guys that I played ball with in college knew Urban from that period of time, and, and they all said that he was a bit of a um, – um, I won't say what they said about him, but they said he was a bit of a jerk. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But I had not heard until the Jacksonville Jaguar situation how uh, bad it was. I played for a, a, a Marine, former Marine drill sergeant in high school, and my coach in college was was a piece of work as well. But they were not abusive. Uh, they were they were tougher on some guys than they were others. And as uh, I think it was Will that described, uh, you know, sometimes you have to understand what pushes certain guys' buttons and, and coach them in, in different ways. But I think there's a line you cross when you, when you get abusive. And what I'm understanding um, from what I've learned uh, since the Jacksonville situation, and it harkens back to what I heard about him just as a person in general, uh, is that he crossed that line. Uh, and uh, Coach Hayes gives me the impression that he's known for having been been wanting to cross that line, and, and you saw it at Florida as well. So um, I, I don't think there's any excuse for that. And I, I think, quite honestly, that's why he's out of the limelight and should stay out of the limelight uh, and keep his um, his feelings to himself. Because, it, I mean, it, it sounds as though with these recent comments that he's actually proud of the way he acts. Uh, oh, yeah. He acted. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's it's sad. Yeah, yeah. He's not backing down from it at all. And, and someone else has asked him about it today, and he went back and repeated it. You know, it, it's like I said. I, I don't want to stay on this too long, but Coach Hazel, I, I want to ask you, was that the type of treatment, or did he try this um, maybe division at the Jaguars, and, and that was part of the reason that it didn't last very long because those were professional athletes, and, they weren't going to tolerate some of this. Okay. I, I would I would say without a doubt, he had the arrogance to address everyone just kind of how he felt, and uh, mm-hmm. that no one was on the same level as him, regardless of uh, what type of player they were or not. Um, I, I just you know been around the guy and. Uh, know what he's like um, he's you know he he shouldn't have a voice in college sports yeah. in my opinion uh, just because of what he has done uh, but for whatever reason he's allowed I, I I know this and and I would think most of us on the panel agree 
Uh, yeah. If this were David Shaw, he would not get a job. <laughs> if this oh, no were, doubt. you know, any other African-American coach, he would not have a job with Fox Sports. But, you know, Fox Sports, we all know what they're affiliated with and, and yeah. you know, Fox in general. So, um, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that uh, – you know, you give you give some people uh, an inch and they'll take a mile. You know, you give some guys a rope, they think they're a cowboy. So, I, I just <laughs> I, I, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that he would come out and say something like this. I think he's just trying to get attention for himself, and uh, yeah. you know, he, he's probably taking one more grab at the brass ring to try to get a multi-million dollar contract somewhere and uh, get another job knowing him. Yeah. yeah and, and, Prince, and we Prince, all... Go ahead, Prince, Tim. I, I think Coach, Coach Hayes, you know, sort of sort of pointed with well, all, all of the guys, the idea, and it's one thing to be a tough coach. I mean, they, they, most, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think most guys uh, mind being, being coached uh, toughly. Um, Bill Parcells was a tough taskmaster. He has a re- had a reputation, but I, I don't know of a lot of his players who said he was abusive. Um, and, and so there's a there's a difference there. Yeah, yeah. And, and we'll lose some coming to you, but I wanna I wanna get with you first, Tim. We were talking about Shakari Richardson. That was the opening question. I wanted to give you time to give your thoughts on the fact that where she was a year ago. Um, and, you know, and then testing positive to, we, we understand that. And for her to re, you know, refocus, remake, do, do whatever it takes. And now she is, um, the gold medal winner in the 100 meters, um, in Budapest, um, Hungary, uh, for World Track and Field Championships. Your thoughts about Ja'Carri Richardson? I don't know if you got a chance to see it live. I did, but your thoughts on where she is now today, a gold medal winner. Yeah, I didn't see it live. Um, but quite honestly, I'm, I'm happy for her. Uh, I hope that it's a sign that she's turned things around. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I'm not surprised that she has the talent to do this at all. Um, you know, I, I, think, I don't think, you know, there was ever a question about her talent. Um, I think because uh, we've, we've had uh, track, some of the track coaches who were familiar with her uh, in high school and uh, who, who've been on and talked about what, what a tremendous talent she was. I think it's always been an issue of where her head was. And I, I hope, I hope uh, that this is an indication that maybe she's turned it around and matured about yeah. it. it she's, I watched her interview, too, yesterday. She sounds better, um, and she stayed away from – the negative and talked about that she believed in herself, you know, because they, the question was posed to her, you know, do, do the Jamaican women know who you are now? And she said, I know who I am now. And she, she left it at that. She didn't go. And they tried to get her to go there, but she didn't. And, and I was proud of that moment for sure. I want to have some New York Jets conversation, and I'm going to leave Tim Moore for last. So I'm coming to Will Lewis first. Um, I say Will Lewis the Jets to the Super Bowl, um, and some of that isn't just though. But I, I want to know your thoughts. They're in a division with the the Dolphins and the the Patriots and the Bills. Um, you know your thoughts about where the Jets are and what type of success they could have with Aaron Rodgers, with that defense that they have, and now being able to sign Delvin Cook. Will Lewis? Yeah, I think they've been um, uh, very 
meticulous in, in, in their signings, and I think uh, uh, for the most part uh, they've got a chance to, to work out. I mean, a lot of things can happen during the uh, season, and they always do. Um, it, it is a tough division. I mean, you're going to get all you can handle uh, from Buffalo. You never know what New England you're going to you're going to get, and Miami's going to go as their quarterback goes. But I think that being said, uh, the Jets have put together some some nice nice pieces. And I think anytime you add a guy who's a four time uh, league MVP uh, to an offense that has you know some uh, some firepower, I'd say with the exception of uh, more being more consistent on the offensive line. I think they've got some pretty good skilled people and some ability to score points, but it, it kind of all starts up up, uh, up front. But, again, the quarterback will be a difference maker. So he'll make plays that, uh, you know, that most people, you know, will be in all of because uh, he's just that talented. The defense plays hard. They play physical, uh, and they can stop people. Um, but, again, I think that they fix the offensive line and they stay healthy and, they're consistent, then the Jets have a chance to, to be uh, very, very competitive. I wouldn't say Super Bowl, but very competitive uh, in that uh, in that division. Okay. Ricky Porter. You know, Princess, I, I believe the, you know, a lot of what Will said is absolutely right, and I have to piggyback what he said. Um, I, I feel the jury is still out on him uh, just because of what we've seen the last couple of years, but uh, – I guess I'm maybe one of the few people that kind of like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's not one of my top guys, but he's a guy that I have never disliked and just loved his competitiveness. And, you know, he can, he's the kind of guy that can will a team to win. Uh, I think he, you know, probably in the huddle, he seems like a guy that's going to um, command respect and, and get everyone's attention in the huddle and in the locker room. And sometimes uh, – we talk, We talked about this uh, with the Redskins the other day where sometimes you just got to change the culture. And uh, I think he's the type of guy that can do that. Now they're putting pieces together that's going to help him even more. And I think when you hear names like that, you know, uh, you're signing this guy and you're signing this guy, I think it gives you an added little something like, oh, man, front office believes, you know, hey, we got to believe we can do this. And, and you bring in – key guys in from other teams that, you know, are winners and want to win. Um, and it's a division that's going to be tough, but it's one that I think they've always been competitive in. And I believe um, is the Super Bowl a bust this year? No, I'm, I'm not going to say that, but I, I believe that they're going to be very competitive. And it's going to be a game that when I see the Jets coming on, I'm going to make sure I'm in front of the television where before, you know, the last few years it was like, you know, uh, the TV might be on, but I'm not really watching it. So um, I'm excited about it just to see what they can do. I've never been a big Jet fan, but I have watched them. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I've never been a big Jet fan either, but I have watched them make really some good decisions. Um, and, and, And I know I heard Will Lewis talk about the offensive line, and maybe Tim will get into that more, but I'm coming to Coach Jay Hayes first. Um, I think – if some things fall in place, it's a winnable division. I don't think the Patriots are looking – they're still trying to struggle and, and find out where Matt Jones is with all of that. Tua, I'm hoping for the best there, and, and we understand what he's fighting um, and hoping to stay upright this year. And then it's Josh Allen, who I, I think the Buffalo Bills are definitely, you know, um, 
the head of that division. But, Coach Jay Hayes, your thoughts about the Jets and the moves that they've made and where that puts them in the overall scheme of things for, for this season. You know, in, in their division, um, the uh, AFC East, I think any of those four teams could win it when it it's all comes down to it. You know, uh, Buffalo, of course, is, is maybe a favorite along with the Jets, but the Dolphins, you can't count them out. You know, they, they definitely have a puncher's chance. And New England, with, with Coach Belichick and just his history, um, you know, they'll, they'll be in the thick of things uh, until the end. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a tough division to come out of uh, and, and uh, be the clear-cut winner, I, I believe. Um, you know, I love Aaron. I, I was at Green Bay with Aaron. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. And, uh, you know, I, I believe he's, he's as good a quarterback as there is in the NFL today. Um, you know, and, and has proven it over the years. Um, you know, so he gives them credibility right away. Um, their issue is, uh, can their line protect him? Uh, the one thing that he has been able to do over his career is avoid the rush, um, but he is 39 years old. So, um, you know, a couple hits will, and I've seen that happen to him over the last couple of years where he's missed some time. Uh, but uh, if if he can get the trade for Bakhtiari, uh, that will help them. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened. You, you see what's happening in uh, Indianapolis with uh, the running back. You know, they gave him permission for a trade. Um, they may, may make it so that Bakhtiari gets traded by the Packers. You just never know. Uh, if if they feel like they're uh, building for the future, you know, they they could give him up. Uh, but uh, the the big question mark for the Jets is can can they protect Aaron and keep him upright so that he can get the ball to the weapons and can can they open holes for Delvin Cook? Okay. The floor is yours, Tim Moore. You know, I keep saying every time that <laughs> they they are making positive moves. And um, Aaron Rodgers, I've never, you know, particularly cared for him, but he is, come on, he, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Your thoughts, Tim Moore? No, I, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a Jerry Philbin, uh, Verlin Biggs, Johnny Sample, Don Maynard Jets fan. I mean, I go that far back with them. There's wow. names, Bake Turner, you know, names that, that a lot of people probably don't even remember. Um, so, uh, but I, having said that, that ought to let you know that they've broken my heart many, many times. And the Freeman <laughs> McNeil years and the Gascano uh, Klecko years and, and all those years as well. And, and then uh, with, uh, with Rex, we had the chance to make a couple of Super Bowls and didn't quite get there. Um, so I love the Jets, but I was not a big fan of the move for Aaron Rodgers simply because of the way that he whined and complained last year. And I thought he was really disruptive on, on Green Bay's ball club last year with some of the public comments he made about things that were going on with his teammates. On the other hand, I agree with you. He's one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played the game uh, talent-wise. And I think he has shown 
this year a willingness to be more engaged with his teammates and and really do some positive things. My question is exactly what uh, what Coach Hayes mentioned is the question about that offensive line and how is he going to react if they don't protect him uh, during the year? Is he going to revert back to uh, in the New York media market talking about his teammates and, and complaining about the where they're playing? Because that's not going to go over well in New York, uh, and it's going to be a much bigger problem if they start losing and he's complaining there than it was in Green Bay. Let's remember this was a team that did not make the playoffs last year. They've done some really positive things, and they had, but they had a great defense, and 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 I think they've retained those guys, uh, young, talented, and uh, I'm excited about what they're doing, what they've done with some of their skill position acquisitions. Um, I worry about that offensive line, and the 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 situation they're in. Everybody's talking about Super Bowl or bust, but remember they play in an AFC that has the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals, um, the Miami Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, and the San Diego Char- – I keep calling them San Diego – the L.A. Chargers, <laughs> all of which yeah. I think are better teams than the Jets. So, you know, the jury's still out. I'm rooting for them, but I'm not, I'm not getting too overly excited just yet. So we can put you down for cautiously optimistic. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. We'll take that. We'll take that. Um, my I heart wanna... too many times. <laughs> I feel that way about my Florida Gators, so I understand where you're coming from. Um, so I, I want to turn it to Jay Hayes and come to you uh, and talk about um, Coach Eric Bieniemy for just a moment. And I know we talked about this yesterday um, on our shows, but I want to go back and revisit it because. I don't think I got your input, Coach Hayes, and that is your thoughts about Eric Bieniemy and some players um, coming out and saying that he's changing too much, he's doing too much, da 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 da, whatever. And that question posed to Ron Rivera, and uh, Ron Rivera said that Bieniemy was in charge of the offense, but maybe he doesn't have much experience like Del- Jack Del Rio has. And maybe, you know, how to ease his way into, you know, what he wants in the playbook. Your thoughts about being a me and just that complaint and where do, where do they go from here? You know, all that stuff will be handled if they continue to win. Uh, you know, it's preseason right now. They won last night against Baltimore. Baltimore hasn't lost since 2015 in the preseason. Um I, I was pulling for uh, EB because, you know, he's a friend and, and uh, you know, I want to see him do well. Um, he's getting to run the offense completely now instead of uh, just some of the time. And, uh, you know, he, he's an old school guy that has was brought up, raised in the NFL, uh, you know, played at Colorado, uh, where, you know, again, you're talking about, we are talking about earlier, uh, putting your arm around somebody or kicking them in the butt and, and those types of things. Uh, he will do both. Um, and the guys that can't handle the tough coaching, um, maybe you shouldn't play in the NFL. You know, the, the, this is a grown-ass man's league. 
And uh, you have to ask man to sit in those rooms and sit in those chairs and get told the truth because the truth hurts sometimes. And uh, I've had plenty of conversations with guys over the years. One thing I'm going to do is tell you the truth, and you might not like it, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And sometimes it's harsh, and sometimes I'm nice, but sometimes I'm not. And that's just me. And I know EB's the same way. And, uh, you know, some some guys can't handle the truth. And you need the truth to, if you're going to go anywhere in, in that league. Well, Lewis, I heard you laugh. And does Ron Rivera um, take any responsibility for this and maybe try, his, try to squash this? And not even answer the question um, during the press conference and, and staying out of that in the comparison of Jack Del Rio. And then, you know, give me your thoughts about it's a, it's a league for grown grown men. I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> well, it is indeed a league for grown men. And, and um, those that are overly sensitive, um, you know, most times have a, uh, a short I mean, a short existence in this league, um, you know, or else, uh, you know, you get squashed pretty good. Um, I think the the issue with uh, Coach Rivera, and really I think the big mistake you make there is making a comparison between a, a previous coach, uh, you know, on your staff and, and, and the new guy. I'm not even sure what, you know, why uh, that comparison is, is made. You know what I mean? Why would you compare, you know, the contrasting styles um, or the lack of experience or – or anything else. I think uh, Coach Bienemy's got a very good knack for, um, you know, getting his players to buy in. Uh, and once they buy in, I think that they'll understand, you know, how much he cares about them. Um, and he's not going to change his style. And, and guys that stick around are going to be productive because that's exactly how he's going to approach them and that's what he's going to demand from them. So they're, they're, they're going, in the long run, it's going to work out for them. Um, again, Coach Rivera, I, I'm not sure what his uh, agenda is overall. Um, so I think, you know, he, he may be doing a little bit of self-preservation himself. Uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think you're wrong to, uh, to try to compare you know, two coaches on your staff and say this guy's got a more experienced, better style. Um, because at the end of the day, um, if and when this offense is productive, then I think that whole narrative will change. Yeah. Yeah, I think on last night's show, it was Carlos Bradley that said, um, you know, Eric, the enemy comes from a two-time Super Bowl winning um, franchise. When do you not just say, hey, you know, I want to soak up the knowledge. Um, Ricky Porter, the, the Redskins were 8-8 eight and eight, um, last year. No, 8-9, eight and 8-8 eight and, eight and with a tie. And four, so that's four wins at home they had and four um, wins on the road, but they were ranked 22nd in total offense. Um, so I don't understand this. Y- your thoughts about this, and I also want to put in there for for, for um, Ricky and Tim, what happened to the loyalty for your coach or just trying to you, – you want to see him do well, especially your African-American player with an African-American coach. Don't you just want to see – you don't want to be the problem, or am, am I wrong and everybody wants to be Antonio Brown now? Ricky Porter. No, I, I really think um, you know this is this is a crazy situation. Really, it's not a player on that team that can 
I mean, when you when you have a record like you've had over the last couple of years, why are you going to complain? I mean, you bring someone in. If you brought someone in we didn't know about, I mean, you this young star that we, nobody's really heard about, and you're taking a chance on them, I could see a little bit of that. But when you bring in a track record with you, that's one of the reasons why uh, Eric got the opportunity to, to, to be the coordinator there of the success he had in Kansas City. So why would you not buy in or at least give the guys a, a chance? And then what, what bothers me more is your head coach, who we assume hired you, which should be in your corner and pumping you up to get this thing turned around, one, to help save his job. And it, it yeah. bothers me, you know, that they're out there like this. And I believe what I'm hoping for is some of the veteran players who – Usually you get the guy who maybe only got a year or two, maybe left the leg, been bouncing around or doing something like that and trying to extend his career. Or you get a young guy that says, you know, comes from a pro college program and said, man, look, we need to, you know, we need to just shut up and, and buy into this and see what happens. Because if not, then you're all going to be out of there. They're going to make changes everywhere. After a while, it's, well, it's not the coaches, it's the players. So you're going to start making changes. But I'm just hoping that they can pull this thing together and uh, give Eric uh, Evie an opportunity because of his uh, success record. And um, I'm not feeling um, Rivera at all because I think he's, you know, you're kind of throwing your guy who we believe you hired. (laughs) We think that's how it went down. And you just kind of throwing him on the bus a little bit and comparing him and doing all that stuff. I think he just needs to be quiet. And, and encourage him and encourage the players to get behind him, personally. Okay, Tim, your thoughts about this. And after this, we're going to try to predict some games here at Notre Dame, Navy, um, and um, Jackson State and, and South Carolina State. But, Tim, your, your thoughts about this. We talked about it at length yesterday, but what happened to just some type of loyalty or just, you know, maybe just sitting back and listening and wanting to soak it all in before we make the complaints that he's doing too much, he gets back to the head coach, gets in the media, and now it's this big deal. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things at play here. Um, Ron Rivera, I don't understand at all. Uh, Ron Rivera played for Mike Ditka, who's the ultimate hard hard ankle. In turn, I mean, I mean, I, Todd Bell was a good friend of mine uh, who played for the Bears and then for the Eagles. And he talked about how Ditka had the Chicago Bears going live every day, you know. Um, and, and Ron Rivera played for Ditka. So, uh, you know, for him to to get into this thing about complaining about uh, the enemy uh, coaching hard or too hard and not, not understanding is a little bit strange to me uh, from that perspective. It's also strange from the perspective that's already been pointed out that they, they were not a winning program or a winning franchise last year. Um, and and then thirdly, to use Jack Del Rio, who got into a fist fight with a player, uh, I think in New Orleans, um, and then said that January 6th was just a little dust up over on the Capitol, nothing, no big deal, nothing to see here. To use him as an example, of what the enemy ought to be, uh, it's just it's mind-boggling uh, what Rivera is doing. Unless he sees the writing on the wall, 
and feels as though the enemy has been brought in to take his job and he's trying to, you know, put him under his thumb. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, I think they've got, they've got some talent in Washington. And uh, whatever they've been doing in the past under Ron Rivera has not been working. So why not take the lead from a guy who's been in three Super Bowls, one, two, but, but went to three, uh, like very recently? Um, I, I just don't get where they're coming from. And, again, you know, if he was uh, a little bit lighter uh, skin, maybe he wouldn't have been treated that way. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, Will Lewis, do you feel that maybe it wasn't Ron Rivera that went after um, Eric the Enemy as the OC and maybe it was the ownership, new ownership, that said we need to do something here on offense? What, do, what are your thoughts about this? Maybe this wasn't a Ron Rivera hire, but a, a franchise hire by, by the front office. Will and, Lewis. And, I think that, that, and I think that that's totally conceivable, um, that it may not have been a, a Ron Rivera uh, higher, um, and and you, and you can look at it both ways, because um, certainly you can see the history of uh, Ron Rivera and his and his coaching. Um, you know, being that he had worked for a number of years for Andy Reid in Philadelphia, so there was you know certainly a lot of communication there. Um, you know, between uh, Andy and and Ron Rivera regarding uh, Eric Bieniemy. Um, but that being said, I mean, and that would have made him a candidate. But as far as making the official hire, um. You know, totally sure that ownership um, was looking for, um, you know, I mean the, the the right frame of mind, the right type of person, the right um, person to to be the face of their organization. So maybe it's Ron right now, maybe it's Ron next year, but then again, maybe it's not. I mean, uh, you don't necessarily know exactly what ownership was looking for, um, but they have created a little bit of a situation there where they're going to have a few options and uh, and I think a couple good options. Yeah. Jay Hayes, do you think it's conceivable that maybe Eric Bieniemy is in transition? It could be the head coach there next year if things go well. Easily. Wow. Easily, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it, there's no question in my mind that there's new ownership. Um, so, um, you know, magic is involved in the in the ownership. Not to mm-hmm. say that he's going to say, "Hey, we're going to hire hire uh, Eric Bieniemy." Uh, they have you, technically Washington has a minority coach, uh, you know, uh, in place with Ron. Uh, but I think Ron's covering his butt a little bit, uh, yeah. you know, throwing Eric under the bus with those statements. And like uh, was stated earlier, um, you know, the things that Jack has done, and you know, Jack's a friend of mine. I've known him for years, but, you know, some of the stuff he's done and said uh, does not make him, uh, you know, someone you want to uh, be like and 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 get your career uh, like in the last few years. Now, prior to that, when he was the head coach in Jacksonville and all that stuff, um, sure. But uh, lately, uh, you know, when sticking his nose in the politics and. And uh, those types of things, I, I don't know if I'd use him as, as an example uh, uh, to uh, aspire to. Uh, you know, so I, I think everyone there needs to just do their thing and do their job to the best of their ability and let the chips fall where they may. 
and uh, we'll see what happens uh, after about the fifth or sixth game. If, if things are going well, no one, no one will be in jeopardy. If things aren't going well, um, one of those coordinators will be the head coach. It's that simple. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to try to get in a little bit of college football. I'm coming to you first, Tim, more. Um, your thoughts, Notre Dame Navy, who wins this game? Notre Dame. I, I, I think All it's right. a talent gap there. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you, um, Ricky Porter, your thoughts, Notre Dame Navy, uh, Navy has a new coach, and I think Marcus Freeman now has a year under his belt. Your thoughts, Navy, Notre Dame? <laughs> You know I got to go with Notre Dame in my son's school, so you know I'm going there. Uh, it's kind of tough only because, you know, I grew up in, in Baltimore where Navy is, you know, or Annapolis. But um, it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's close. Uh, I'm going with Notre Dame. Okay. Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, will Lewis, your thoughts against Navy opening weekend? Um, I think that's one of those where, um, unlike – the players at Iowa and Iowa State, if I was a betting man, um, I would certainly take Notre Dame. Okay. All right. Um, Notre Dame man himself, Jay Hayes, your thoughts? The Irish all the way. All right. Let's let's go. (laughs) Irish all the way. Of course he was going to say that. I want to discuss Jackson State, South Carolina State, and only because, and I'm going to start with you, Jay Hayes, because – um, this is an era that is gone, and that is Deion Sanders. And I think it's Coach Jackson that's there now that was was tapped as the man to to get this done. Um, your thoughts? Who who wins this game? They're opening up the college football season. South Carolina State, buddy, team who beat them already. What happens in this one? Hey, all I can say is for my man Ed Lee from South Carolina State, it's so hard to be a bulldog. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, Jay. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Yep. Okay. All right. So that means you're picking Jackson State. No, I am picking. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. South Carolina State is the Bulldogs. Okay. Yes, yes, sir. I know that. I'm right here. I just wanted to make sure um, I, I had that correct. All right, Will Lewis, who wins? Um, Jackson State, South Carolina State. Yep, I think uh, um, South Carolina State has had a consistently um, good program um, and with consistently good players coming out of there. I uh, thought Jackson State uh, had a little bit of an era, and I think that era may have run out. Um, you know, especially against a, a top notch. Um, okay, Will Lewis, South Carolina State, Jackson State. That was Will, I think. Oh, yeah, that was. Will. I, I'm sorry, Ricky, Ricky Porter. Um, well, you know what? I'm not, you know, I coached at Jackson State, but um, to make it quick, I'm going with uh, South South Carolina State for my boy, um, um. Ed Lee. Buddy Pugh? Go, we're going to oh, go to okay. South Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tim, are you going to make this uh, um, unanimous? Your thoughts, South Carolina State, Jackson State. And we know how yeah. your favorite coach is Deion Sanders, so I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think, we'll, I think we're going to start to find out uh, whether what people were saying last year is true or not. Did Dion really change 
the trajectory at Jackson State? Did he really change the program at Jackson State, or did he just have a couple of talented teams? Um, uh, I think uh, South Carolina State, if you remember, they beat him when Dion was there in the Celebration Bowl. I'm going to South Carolina yeah. State. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to stay with you. USC, um, San Jose State, Caleb Williams came back for another season. Heisman Trophy winner. Um, does he have, not have another great season, and does San Jose State have anything that can come out of the gate with them and, and compete um, in this game? I think they are um, – USC is a 20-point favorite. Is this for me? Yes, sir. Tim Moore. Uh, USC blows the doors off. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, Ricky Porter, USC, I, I San Jose State. No doubt I have to go at USC. I mean, you got Caleb Williams coming back, and I'm sure he came back with a purpose, so um, I don't even think it's going to be close. Okay. Will Lewis, same question, San Jose State, USC. Yep. Well, in my mind, uh, USC is a top five program, so I don't this game is going to be competitive past the first quarter, so USC. Okay. Jay Hayes, USC, um, San Jose State. USC, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> if I can, just that simple. If I can get everybody's top five in college football as you see it right now, and Will Lewis, as you just said in your mind, they are a top five team. USC, give me your top five in college football. Uh, for me, uh, Georgia. I'm reluctantly going with Michigan uh, at at two. Ohio State, Alabama, and USC. USC. Jay Hayes. I'm going to go Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, USC. Okay, LSU in there. Ricky Porter. I'm going to go with uh, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. And for five, you know, I'm always doing something different. I'm going Florida State slash LSU. One of those are going to um, get in there. Okay. You can't come back next week, Ricky, but okay. I'm just playing. <laughs> I think he meant Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if he had put yeah, Florida, I think I, I'd be. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. Yeah, they have been predicted to be four and eight this year, so I'm worried. Um, we're going to open up in prayer next week. Tim Moore, bring this on home for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your I've top got, five, I've and got. I've heard Georgia from everybody. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, hey Chris, can I say something real quick? Hey, yes. this is for Duck. We're talking about, you know, will Eric Bianley be in Washington? Now, I know if Duck was here, he said, well, you know, that's that's Chocolate City, right? <laughs> something something right. smart he would have said about that. It's about time to have a, a black head coach in, in uh, right. Washington, D.C., so. That's Chocolate City would, for you. I would right. love to see Airbnb transition there for sure. Your top five, Tim Moore. Uh, I, I've got to go with Georgia as well. Uh, uh, I, my second team would be LSU, then Ohio State, uh, then um, uh, Alabama, and then Florida State. Quickly, and, and I, I know we, we're almost out of time, what do you and Jay Hayes see out of LSU, Tim and then Jay? Um. I think they improved tremendously during the season last year. Um, I'm not a huge Brian Kelly fan, but he's a good coach. And um, they they improved, and, and, they, and they always have talent. 
I mean, they're they're tight. Yeah. I got a, I'm good friends with Bobby Bobby Humphrey, who played who was an All American at uh, Alabama, and he told me a few years ago uh, when they played LSU, he said LSU's got more talent than we do a lot of times when we play uh, play them, and uh, I think they're just loaded with talent. Uh, now they've got a quarterback coming back, the guy from Arizona State who's legit, and uh, and they beat the brakes off of Purdue during that bowl game last year. That was not even competitive from the opening kickoff. Um, I think they're going to really open some eyes this year. Wow. Jay Hayes, the same thing. LSU, you had him in your top five. I'm in agreement with Tim. Brian Kelly is a great coach. Everywhere he's been, he's won. And they have talent that no one else has, and he will be able to coach them. The guy is a chameleon. He can go into a hoity-toity bar with his pinky out, or he can go in a shot and beer <laughs> bar and, and smack everyone on the back. Just the way the guy is. Known him for yeah, years. he is a good coach. He's, he's, he's the son of a politician and was mm-hmm. going to be a politician before he became a football coach. He can okay. he can mix with the best of them. Wow, wow! One more yes or no because we're out of time. I'll start with you, Jay Hayes. Can Georgia three feet? No. Will Lewis? I don't think they will. Ricky Porter. <clears throat> Not that I want this, but yes. Yeah, me either. Tim Moore. I don't think so. They shouldn't have beat Ohio State last year um, in the, they really in the, in the uh, playoffs. Uh, Ohio State had them. Ohio State had them. All right, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you, Doug, for letting me sit in the chair and, and, and do this. I appreciate you all. Tim Moore, um, Ricky Porter, Will Lewis, Jay Hayes, you all have a great evening. I appreciate you all letting me sit in and, and, and question you all tonight. Have a great week. Thank, thank you, for Thank you. Anytime. Awesome. Bye, awesome. Bye, Everybody's so good. We'll be back on Thursday for the Athlete Spotlight. We'll see you then.